Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here you go. Here you go. Appalled. Appalled is the nothing personal word of the day. Today is Tuesday, February 2nd. It is approximately 8.50 in the morning, Eastern time. I wanted to get this show out early, a little early, maybe 10 minutes earlier than normal, because there is something to talk about, and it is no joke. Appalled. Do you know what appalled means? I want to get the definition out there so we're all on the same page as to what we're talking about. Appalled means when you're greatly dismayed or horrified. Greatly, not partially dismayed, not slightly dismayed, greatly dismayed, or doesn't mean and, or you can be greatly dismayed, or you can be horrified. If you are greatly dismayed, not partially dismayed, greatly dismayed or horrified, you are appalled. Why is appalled the word of the day? Because we got a situation going on in baseball, and it is about damn time that people understand what goes on in baseball in the workplace, in other professional sports, in other workplaces. The inappropriate behavior that is shown toward women is so rampant that it is a more hidden issue than concussions in football or steroids in baseball. It is something that was so accepted and so normal that women in sports, or in business have had to deal with it in silence and men have been able to perpetrate this behavior with zero consequence. But those days are finally coming to an end. The New York Mets are in the middle of yet another problem. Steve Cohn is the gift that keeps on giving. Steve Cohn buys the Mets, takes over, gets voted and approved 26 to 4. People concerned because his hedge fund had been accused of sexual misconduct. His firm had been accused of mistreatment of women, unfair pay practices, creating an environment where women felt uncomfortable. They denied it, of course, but Wolf of Wall Street is no joke. That behavior on Wall Street is real, and I've seen it. The behavior in baseball that Jared Porter got fired for is real. 62 unanswered text messages, inappropriate dick pics, although that's a, uh, what's the word when you when you say something, then you say the same thing again, and it's repetitive, but that's not the word, Coca. Come on, brain, wake up. Every 
DP is inappropriate. Redundant. Thank you. That's the word, Coca. So The Athletic with Ken Rosenthal and Britt Kahuli reported that Jared Porter had done all these text messages. He then got fired. Well, part two of The Athletic's investigation into inappropriate behavior came out last night, and it involves former Mets manager, current Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim pitching coach, Mickey Calloway. Apparently, Mickey Calloway has been involved over the course of many years and has gotten the reputation of being a horn dog, of being inappropriate with his approaching of female reporters who work the beat in New York or other teams. He would send pictures of himself shirtless. He would send texts that would talk about inappropriate things. And women did not know how to respond. They wanted to do their jobs. That's all they wanted to do. Let me do my job. Apparently, there had been enough rumors about Mickey Calloway that teams knew. As president of the Marlins, I'd never heard one thing about Mickey Calloway. I'd met him as manager of the Mets. I had never had a drink with him. I'd never seen him outside of uniform. I'd never seen him outside of the ballpark. And I'd never been spoken to about him because I had never considered hiring him. So Mickey Calloway responds to the athletics investigation, which had text messages, screen grabs, and photos, and other such lascivious, prurient, salacious behavior. Yes, I'd like to take the SAT today. And statements started. And I want to go over the statements, and I want to mention to you some of the issues that these statements represent. Number one, when you have to release a statement, you have to decide, you've learned this on Nothing Personal, who is the name behind the statement? Do you say the team? The Los Angeles Angels released a statement today, blank. The owner of the Los Angeles Angels, Artie Moreno, in a statement today said blank. The president of the Los Angeles Angels, John Cocktoston, said blank. The general manager said blank. Well, we got a statement yesterday from Marie Garvey, an Angels spokesperson. Marie Garvey, I don't know her. I assume she's a woman. They had a woman purposely. You choose who releases a statement purposefully. And when you've got a current employee who is being accused of this type of behavior, this type of inexcusable behavior against women, I can imagine them saying, let's have a woman release the statement. That'll make it all better. That will excuse the behavior and the fact that we hired him and haven't fired him yet. We'll just have a woman do it. And then people will know that we've got women in a position of power. So Marie Garvey said the behavior being reported violates the Angels organization's values and policies. So that's page one, paragraph one, sentence one, when someone does something, if they get a DUI, if they have domestic abuse, if they have sexual misconduct, if they have sexual harassment, this violates our organization's values and policies, okay? The reason why I don't wanna say that in a statement is that I don't want to have to tell my fans to remind them that this behavior violates the policies we have when they know that we have to have an organization that has those policies because it's the damn law. Secondly, we take these allegations very seriously. 
for the love of God, could you stop with that in your statements? You don't say that we take these allegations very seriously because that means there's other types of allegations. There's other types of things that when they don't become public, we don't take those very seriously. But when there's a report, an investigative journalistic piece, those we're going to take seriously. The other ones, eh, we'll take it moderately seriously or we take it sort of as a joke until we have to take it a little seriously. But once it gets public, whoa, we got to take it very seriously. All right, angels, what else do you have? Oh, of course. Of course, folks. They will conduct a full investigation with MLB. Why? The Athletic already did the investigation. You've got the text messages. You've got the screen grabs. Here's what your statement is. And it's from the owner, Artie Moreno. My name is Artie Moreno, and I own the Los Angeles Angels. It is a disgrace that we have an employee who has engaged in this behavior. We don't need to investigate because we've got the proof, thanks to the investigation done by another party that we should have known or done. I promise you that I will do everything I can to make sure that we don't hire men who act this way. And the minute we find out that we hired someone who does act that way, that person will be terminated immediately. We are announcing the termination of Mickey Calloway. And on behalf of the angels, we apologize to every woman he has ever offended. And please know that we will work to stop this from happening again. Period. Close quote. That's the statement. What do the other teams do? The Mets are in it again. They had to release dual statements. When you release dual statements, here's what that means. That means that you went to your owner and you said to the owner, we have to respond to this Mickey Calloway thing because we are getting dragged through the mud because we had Jared Porter. You know you've got your history, Steve, of what's going on with your hedge fund. So we can't stay quiet. So Steve, I think that you got to say something. Well, listen, Sandy, I think it should come from you. Let's talk to the PR people. Listen, here's the PR people's point of view. I think it should just come from the Mets organization so we can say that as an organization, we do not stand for what what Mickey Calloway stood for. He is no longer with us and we have learned our lesson and we are doing better. And here's the four things we've done in the hiring practice. We are making sure that we check with every team that someone has worked with. We make sure that we check with men, with women, with people who have worked with them. We want to hear we have set up an anonymous email so that people can report anything on anyone who is being considered to be hired and anyone who has anything on someone who already has been hired. But it comes from the Mets organization. Steve Cohen said, no, I got to talk. I got to say something. And the reason I have to put my name to something is that people are going to talk about the fact that it's the same old, same old with me. And I've got to let them know that I didn't know what was going on in 0.72 in my hedge fund. I'm too busy bailing out my friends. The conduct reported in the athletic story today is completely unacceptable and would never be tolerated under my ownership. Horse hockey, Steve. That's your one statement. That's your one sentence statement. When you know very well that you're the head of an organization that has tolerated that exact behavior and paid money to cover it up. Say this is the exact type of behavior that I've tolerated, but I've decided to stop as of now. It's enough. Gnug, uncle, I'm waving the white blue checkered flag. The conduct is completely unacceptable and would never be tolerated under my ownership. Really? All right. What does Sandy Alderson have to say? I was appalled by the action. Sandy Alderson, who hired Mickey Calloway. 
I was appalled by the actions reported today of former manager Mickey Calloway. I was unaware of the conduct described in the story at the time of Mickey's hire or at any time during my tenure as GM. We have already begun a review of our hiring processes to ensure our vetting of new employees is more thorough and comprehensive. Thereby, end of statement, what I'm saying is all of the hiring I used to do before, I couldn't give a flying rat's ass about any sort of sexual harassment or discrimination or any sort of rumor about the behavior. I just wanted to bring in someone I could work with who I thought would help me win more games, period, hard stop. Okay, thank you for that, Sandy. Sandy and Steve, do you have time to build a team? because you're releasing so many damn statements because every other day you have another employee who is getting himself in trouble. You want to wait to see? I'll give you a wait to see. The Los Angeles Angels are going to wake up this morning. Right now it is 6.02 in Los Angeles. They're going to get a call from Commissioner Rob Manford who's going to take a break from negotiating the return to play health and safety protocols. He's going to put I was going to say Donald Fear. That's funny. Donald Fear now works for the union in hockey. He's going to put uh, Tony Clark on hold. He's going to call Artie. He's going to say, hey, listen, Artie, I know that you're always a pain in my ass, and I have a difficult time working with you. You know that. I know that. I know we have our issues, but you got to fire Callaway, period. And the fact that you need me to call you to tell you to fire Mickey Callaway is ridiculous. You can promote someone from within, or you can get permission from a, for a bullpen coach or someone in your organization, but you will need a new pitching coach, period. Artie Moreno will then have a statement released from him, not from, and you wait to see this, not from Marie. It's going to come from him. He's going to ride in like the knight in shining armor. I have looked at the facts and I will not tolerate this from any employee in my organization. We have relieved Mickey Calloway of his duties and assure you that we are going to put a stop to this in not just our organization, but around baseball. Wait to see is when I tell you something's going to happen. And I'll let you know if it doesn't happen, if Mickey Callaway is the pitching coach on opening day of this season, whenever that is, then this wait to see expires and I'm wrong. But the wait to see is Mickey Callaway will be fired. Double bonus points. It's today. <sighs> The reason I'm frustrated, among other stresses I'm currently feeling and stomach aches, et cetera, is that I know more and more people are watching nothing personal. And I take that responsibility very seriously. And in 18 years in the game, I tried every day to be better. I tried to know as much as I could about the organization and anything that happened in the organization while I was the president, I took responsibility for anything bad. If I knew about it, it's my fault. If I didn't know about it, it's my fault. I spent time with PJ Loyello and other people in PR thinking about statements, really meaning what I was saying when the team would release a statement. When I would meet the media, I would think about what I was saying, knowing that words have consequences, knowing that the words will live forever. And I'm frustrated, forget the content that it provides nothing personal. I'm frustrated that time and time again, I love an industry and used to work in that industry where they're not learning their lesson, both by their behavior, by what's tolerated, and then by the, how they try to spin it. One time, make a statement where you take the microphone or type on a piece of paper and release it that is just honest. One time. The other thing that nothing personal does is I go back to my wait to seize every single win bag on any single platform 
will give you hot takes, cold takes, and medium warm takes, and then they'll never revisit them. That's not me, because my takes aren't hot. I'm not giving you my opinion because I want to be controversial. Believe me, if I want to create a controversy, I know just how to do it. I give you a way to see because I really think that is going to happen, and then I'm going to tell you and revisit it. On February 24th, 2020, Dustin Pedroia will never play another inning. That was my way to see before last season began, which it didn't begin because of COVID, but this was before it was canceled because of COVID or delayed. Dustin Pedroia officially retired yesterday, and we're going to get to that later in the show, but that is a way to see that was a yes. On August 19th, 2020, go back. That was my 200th episode, our 200th episode on nothing personal. And I told you, wait to see, we will have an episode 300. And yesterday we did. So that wait to see came true. Thank you for all of the nice words about my father. And I want to say that the number of people who contacted me yesterday, either on Twitter, David P. Sampson through DMs or Instagram or by text for people who have the cell number, whatever the case may be, the number was greater than 100 people. Greater than 100 of you took the time. Forget the thousands and thousands, tens of thousands who listen and how much I appreciate that and watch on YouTube. Nothing personal with David Sampson. Thank you. The number of people who took the time to contact me to tell me that you were going to call your father or call a loved one. I only wish I could have been amongst you. Thank you. We also had a wait to see on November 18th, 2020. When Theo stepped away from the Chicago Cubs, I said, Theo will again work in MLB in 2021. That's a yes. Guess what? Theo is working for MLB. And on top of that, Theo has joined an investment firm where he is trying to buy a team. Hmm. Let's see how that goes. Then just a few days ago, January 25th, 2021, when George Springer went to the Toronto Blue Jays, we did a show and we said that the Toronto Blue Jays are not done. They're going to trade for or sign another pitcher before the 2021 season. Lo and behold, the Toronto Blue Jays acquired Steven Matz from the New York Mets. They're going to pay him $5.2 million. They're going to put him in the rotation and they're going to say, we can't get Bauer, but we got Steven Matz. I'm taking the yes on that way to see, but I must tell you that Steven Matz is not the difference maker to get closer to the New York Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays. But it's enough for me to say yes. So baseball is starting on time, on budget. Spring training, February 17th. That wait to see maybe a loser. Our own Jim Bowden of CBS Sports HQ may have had it right. That spring training will start on time. Why do I think that? I don't. Why should I think it? Because MLB, as we discussed on a previous show, Coco, was that yesterday? I can't remember. We talked about MLB making an offer to start the season a month late, play 154 games. It was yesterday. And pay the players their full 162 games. We said MLB PA, the players were going to respond with a negative, And boy, did they ever. We are now back into the battle of the statements, a battle that I begged Commissioner Rob Manford not to engage in, a battle that will not inure to the benefit of the fans and therefore to the revenue side of the equation of Major League Baseball. Stop with the back and forth statements. 
the public knows well enough that the minute you offer the players their full pay, that's it. You've won in the court of public opinion. No statements. The Players Association is dragging their heels. Let me give you why the Players Association said no. The Players Association has several levels. They have an executive director named Tony Clark. They have a chief negotiator named Bruce Mayer, who is there to fight and only there to fight, not to deal. They then have an executive council. Do you remember on Nothing Personal when I went through who's on the executive council? And there were a bunch of new players named to the executive council, and they all had one thing in common. What was it, Coca? What was it? They're all clients of Scott Boris. The players union can say all they want that Scott Boris is not involved in the labor negotiations. Scott Boris can stand in front of a crowd of 200 people on a stairway in the winter meetings and say he's not involved in labor negotiations. And he is lying to your face because he doesn't give a rat's crap what you know and what you think. Scott Boris has his fingers in the negotiating pot and has every single year I was in baseball and it hasn't stopped. And if you think that he doesn't control his players who are on the executive council and tell them what to say, how to vote, and what to ask for, then you are living in la-la land and Emma Stone is nowhere to be seen. Scott Boris does not want to delay because from the beginning, he has been clear that playing through COVID is no problem. He didn't want to have a delay last year. He needs his players to play have bulk stats, and he needs the game to be strong because then he can get more money for his players. But Scott, you're missing the main point. The reason the owners want to delay by a month is because they want fans in the stands because they want the fans' money because they get the fans' money and give it to your damn players. That's what they do with your money if you're a fan. The owners aren't buying Picassos or yachts or stock in GameStop or AMC or American Airlines, they are spending the money on players, on your players, Scott. Your lack of understanding of how baseball works shocks me to my core. And then you have Major League Baseball Players Association release a statement like they did yesterday with the title in big font, players renew commitment to begin 2021 season on time. Who gives a crap that you renewed your commitment? Tell me why you turned down the offer. The reason they're saying is a really funny one. And I want to take away any information that you've been given that pitchers are ready for spring training. And if they shut down for a month, there's a higher risk of injury. That's not correct. When pitchers report to spring training, They report before position players. Do you know what we have pitchers do? They do long toss. Then they do bullpens. Bullpens, not live. The way second spring training went last year. Remember when spring training came back, part deux, and immediately Tanaka was throwing live BP to Stanton, and Stanton hit him in the face with the comebacker. And I said to you, how can you have pitchers doing live BP so early on in spring training? That's not good for them. You have to have them throwing bullpens and you have to build them up. That's how you get ready for a season. Pitchers are not throwing off mounds to live players right now. They're not throwing innings. When you say pitchers are getting ready for spring training, it means that they're getting ready to throw bullpens and progress to live bullpens and then progress to one inning or 20 pitches and then two innings, and then three innings. That is the progression of spring training. 
from 30 pitches to 45 to 60 to 75 to 90 if you're a starter. And by the end of spring training, you're ready to go 90 to 105 pitches to start before the regular season starts. If the players were shut down for a month, it doesn't mean they go eat good and plenty for the next month. They would simply continue to be ready for the start of spring training, which instead of being February 17th would be March 22nd or March 28th, March 22nd, I think. So whatever reason the players and the union is telling you of why they don't want to not delay, they're lying to you. That's not the reason. The reason they don't want to agree to delay is they're not willing to agree to anything the owners say, because imagine when you're arguing with your partner, your significant other, your business partner, your child, and anything you say, the other person disagrees with, the sky is blue. No, it's not. I'm looking right now. The sky is not blue. Do you know that Wednesday comes after Tuesday? Don't be ridiculous. Wednesday doesn't come after Tuesday. If the owners say that they're willing to pay you 162, the players are saying, no, you're not. You're going to find a way not to pay us. You're going to cancel games in the middle of the season. You're going to pretend there's a health emergency and you're not going to play through it. Do you not know why Rob Manford needs to play through COVID as well as Roger Goodell, as well as Adam Silver? Do you know why all these games are getting postponed, but not seasons? Why? Because they've got to get as many games broadcast as possible and get to the playoffs. And they've got to get that broadcast revenue and they've got to have fans in the stands. Baseball has showed you players, the management and the owners have showed you up close and personal that they are willing to play through outbreaks. Yeah, the Marlins had to sit out for five days and the Phillies for three days and the Cardinals for four days. Yeah, they're going to play with a positive test, but then a negative test and it's a false positive, a real negative. The show goes on. They're delaying it. They're asking for the delay because they need fans in the stands and they want to play 154 because do you know, just out of curiosity, what every single local TV deal is in baseball? Do you know the number of games that are called for in every single local TV deal? I'm just curious. Raise your hand, Coca. Raise your hand if you're sure. It ain't 162. No, it's not. It's between 150 and 154. That's the number of games that you have to make available for your local broadcast TV deal. What do you think? It's coincidence? You think they pulled 154 out of thin air like a rabbit out of a hat? What do you think? They're not paying attention? I'm frustrated. Late last week, the MLBPA, for the first time this offseason, received a proposal from MLB to delay spring training and opening day by approximately one month. Do you think that that's going to make fans feel for you, Mr. Tony Clark in the union? Because are you going to look me straight in the camera and say that you don't know during all of the talks you've had with Dan Helm and Rob Manford that they were planning to tell you and ask you to delay for a month? Are you telling me that you don't have a clipping service that reviews all the quotes and all the statements by people in the commissioner's office who have made it very clear in all the rumors of all, through all the media who they leak things through in order to get messages communicated to the other side that they wanted a month delay? Under the proposal, the end of the season would be delayed one week. The regular season would be shortened to 154 and all 30 teams would be required to play several doubleheaders. Players would also be required to accept previously rejected proposals that link expanded playoffs with expansion of the designated hitter. The reason they put that in the statement is that those of you in the media, those of us in the media, have kept reporting the link between expanded playoffs and the universal DH. 
You give us that, we give you this. The way collective bargaining works is trades happen. I've told you this. That doesn't mean that issues are linked. It means that there are issues that are traded in a normal course of collective bargaining and of forming an agreement on a return to play. The reason why Scott Boris doesn't want expanded playoffs and he went public saying it, and it is beyond belief that he really thinks this. I've run a team, Scott. You haven't run anything. Scott Boris says that if you allow expanded playoffs, you will be encouraging owners to accept mediocrity. Instead of trying to win 90 games, they'll only try to win 80 games. Instead of signing free agents, they will try to go on the cheap and lower payroll because they will have a better chance of making the playoffs. Let me be clear how you run a team, Scotty boy. I'm not running a team to squeeze into the playoffs. I'm running a team to get rings. And the reason I want to get rings is rings equals money. Losing the wild card series does not help me increase my season ticket base the following season. It doesn't help me get more sponsorships and it sure as heck doesn't help me get rings. Making it to the playoffs so you can be a team that is guaranteed not to survive because you are a mediocre team who snuck into the playoffs. Oh, wait a minute. I get it, Scott. Sorry, Coca. Erase that. I get it. Everybody wants to be the NFC East. Everybody wants to be the Washington football team and get into the playoffs at seven and nine and then lose in the first round to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're right. I, what, I, I, what was I thinking? Of course, I only want to win 80 games and then make it to a one game playoff or a two out of three and lose and be home 48 hours after everyone else is. Scott, you're right, of course. Don't, don't worry. And, and, and I don't want to raise payroll because I want to make less money. You're right. No, I want to raise more revenue so I can still break even and increase payroll. Owners are not trying to fund their life with profit. They are trying not to defund their life through loss. Owners make up the money on the backside with asset appreciation. If they can make money operationally, they're willing to make a pittance. But they don't want to lose money and they don't want to lose games. Scott, the ego that you have, picture people with 90% of your ego. That's owners. Yeah, that's a big ego. And they want to win. The MLB statement continues to go on and on. The bottom line is there will be further discussion between the parties. There will be an agreement for universal DH and expanded playoffs. Whether spring training starts on time or it doesn't. Because expanded playoffs and universal DH is right for the game and what's right for the game ends up being right for the players. When we come back, we're going to review a movie that also requires subtitles, but it's in English. And we are going to talk about, because I'm going to gloat, because the pick of the day is H-O-Triple-T. We'll be right back. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Thank you for making it through the gauntlet. Thank you very much for downloading and subscribing and telling your friends about Nothing Personal. We are building the Nothing Personal fan base one listener at a time by subscribing, by listening, by talking about it, by engaging with me. I love engaging with all of you. You are the wind beneath my wings. (laughs) Coke, can I sing it? Am I allowed? Did you ever know that you're my hero? All right, Coca. So about a uh, month ago, I started seeing best of movie lists because we're about to be in Oscar time. Usually you have to be released by December 31st to be considered for the Oscars of the following year. That deadline has been moved to late February. I think it's February 28th. Movies have to be released to be have Oscar consideration. On most people's top 10 lists is a movie called First Cow. I put on First Cow. It's on a channel. I don't know which. It's either Netflix or I think it's Netflix. 10 minutes in, I hadn't heard one word of dialogue. And then the dialogue started. I couldn't understand a word that was said. And at that time, I didn't know about closed captioning. I shut it down. And I said, why is everyone talking about First Cow? This movie sucks teat. Then I realized that you can put closed captioning on. And I said, I got to give it another try. And so I did. First Cow is in the top five of movies I've seen this year. It will be nominated for Best Picture. Here's what the story is. It is about life in the 1800s when there was a rush to the Wild West. And it is the story of people and what they need to do to survive, including stealing from a cow the one cow that is in the neighborhood. The story goes from current day and then explains how certain things that exist current day came to be. It is subtle, 
it is slow. It builds to a crescendo with the great Toby Jones playing a critical part. And I suggest this movie, but please, please put on the closed caption because you don't want to miss a word of dialogue because the dialogue is pitch perfect, but it can be very hard to understand. I don't want to give away the end, but the beginning when all you do is hear the sound of a modern day boat ship going down a river, you will say to yourself, what in the hell is Samson talking about? And approximately two hours later, you will smile for you will be a smarter and better person having watched First Cow. Nothing personal pick of the day. Hey, Shane, how we doing? We had the Bucks nine and a half over the Trailblazers. People were saying nine and a half. That's way too many. You can't have the Bucks give nine and a half. The Trailblazers are such an unbelievable team. I said, don't you worry about that spread. The spread could have been 25 and you couldn't have worried. We are now 14 and 12 because the Bucks pounced on the Trailblazers. So we're staying in the NBA because we're hot. Big game tonight and I'm going to watch it. The Los Angeles Clippers are playing the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets with the big three of Harden, Durant, and Irving are playing against the big three of Leonard, George, and Lou. The Clippers are getting one and a half points from the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets play no defense. Do you know right now they're scoring 122 points a game but giving up 119 points a game, which will put them in line to be the best offensive team in history and the worst defensive team in history? And do you know what you get for being the best offensive team in history and the worst defensive team in history? Anyone? Anyone want to remember what you get? You get Paul Westhead and the Denver Nuggets. You get a lot of fun and exciting, but you get no rings. Do you know what you get when you're the Clippers? Well, they have no rings also, but they have a better chance to get a ring than the Nets do. If the Nets don't start playing defense, they're finished. I already gave you a wait to see. I think that the Nets weren't going to win a title with Irving and Harden and Durant on the same team. Reminded me of Irving McGinnis and Lloyd World B. Free and Moses Malone, where they needed four basketballs to play one game. Take the Clippers, get the one and a half, and ask yourself how it's possible the Clippers are underdogs. We are also spending time doing prop bets. Yesterday, I gave you the prop bets of the day on incomplete passes, first pass of the Super Bowl by Mahomes and Brady. Today, I've got the prop bet for Tuesday, and it's a good one. The bet is the following. The last play of the game will be a quarterback rush. Huh? A quarterback rush is when the game ends either on a quarterback rushing the ball, like Lamar Jackson or whatever, or Josh Allen, or if the quarterback takes the snap and kneels down, that counts as a quarterback rush. How many games do you watch where it ends on a kneel and they flick the ball to the referee and they go to midfield, shake hands, swap jerseys, swap spit, and run to the tunnel? 
That happens a lot. How many games do you see that end with a Hail Mary or a field goal attempt or a walk-off touchdown? It is minus 155 to win 100 that the game ends on a quarterback rush. We're taking the other side, folks. One unit to win 1.35 units. Take the odds. I am saying this Super Bowl number 55 on Sunday, February 7th in Tampa between Tampa, never been able to say that before, and Kansas City will not end in a quarterback rush. That's one unit to win 1.35. Okay. What does 8110 mean to you when I say it? 8110. Nobody? Nothing? 8110. Coca? Still nothing. Okay. What about if I said a four-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year, MVP? What if I said a player before arbitration who had gotten the MVP, World Series Championship, and Rookie of the Year? What about three World Series rings, four gold gloves? Nothing. What about being the only player ever to earn Rookie of the Year, Gold Glove, and MVP, and a World Series championship in your first two years? Nothing. Only nine people have ever done that in a career, by the way. He did it in his first two years. His name is Dustin Pedroia. And he had the most successful early career, even more so than Miguel Cabrera, because Miguel Cabrera got a World Series but didn't get an MVP even more so than all the Rookie of the Years who I was a part of, from Jose to Hanley to Dontrell to Coughlin. Dustin Pedroia had a beginning of a year of a career that was just staggering. He went through arbitration, and it was a big free agent signing by the Boston Red Sox. He got an eight-year, $110 million contract in 2014. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. This is the final year of that eight-year, $110 million deal. Dustin Bedroya hasn't played since 2019. Let me give you some Dustin Bedroya stats in those eight years just so you have it in your head. It's important that you hear me. He played 135 games in 2014, 93 in 2015. That's missing, just so you're aware. When you play 93 games, that means you've missed almost 70 games. That's over two months. The next year, he came back and played a full season, 154. But then in 2017, he played 105. That's missing 55 games, almost two months. In 2018, he played three games. In 2019, he played six games. In 2020, he played zero games. In 2021, zero games. That'll be nine games total in half of the eight-year contract. Now, before people in Boston, including my good friend Dave McGilvery, who three years ago was, we were together running the fourth of our seven marathons in a row, when we did seven marathons in seven days on seven continents, starting in Antarctica, moving on to the next day to Cape Town, South Africa, the next day to Perth, Australia, the next day to Dubai. So three years ago today, we were in Dubai, I believe, 31-1-2, or this may be the third marathon. We may be in Australia. 
Damon Gilvery is from Boston. Everyone from Boston is going to be upset. Dustin Pedroia is the, one of the great Red Sox of all time. We're going to release a statement about him if we're the Red Sox. We're going to talk about his grit, his determination. We're going to talk about how important he was to the team, to the city. Dustin Pedroia was a great teammate, by the way. Dustin Pedroia was a gamer is what we used to call players like that. Players who wanted to play so badly and they would try to play through injury. They wouldn't complain. Dustin Pedroia listed himself as 5'9", but I've met Dustin Pedroia and I'm 5'5", and let's just say I didn't need a stool. The cautionary tale that I'm talking about is I'd like you to tell me about the number of long-term deals that work versus the number of long-term deals that don't. Pretend you run a team, not that you're a fan. Pretend that you are responsible and it's your money you're dealing with. I want you to look at your team and I want you to examine the players with the long-term deals and the ones who no longer are with your team or the players you've had to trade in the middle of the long-term deals, the number of teams who have to pay combined on many of the long-term deals. The Red Sox will look back at their eight-year, $110 million deal and say that was a mistake. No way they could have known that he had the knee injuries he had. He got hurt playing. Manny Machado slid hard into him, and he hurt his knee, and his knee has basically never recovered. The odds of a position player having a career-ending injury like that are slim. Albert Bell had it happen to his hip. Dustin Pedroia to his knee. There are examples I'm semi-comfortable signing long-term deals to position players way more so than pitchers because the odds of a really good position player staying good. But Dustin Bedroy was 30 when he signed that deal or 29, the same age that JT Realmuto was when he signed his five-year deal. Back then, players were getting longer deals. Although, frankly, just last year, you had 10 years or 13 years. Players are not productive into their late 30s. It just doesn't happen. Every once in a while, you get an injury that makes that production impossible. As a team, the Red Sox could do nothing except say that they are proud and honored to have had Dustin Madroy on their team, one of the great Red Sox, one of the great accomplished players. But when you look over the course of his career, people are asking, is he a Hall of Famer? He has no chance to be in the Hall of Fame, did not have the career that is Hall of Fame worthy. The world is littered with players who played well in their first few years and then didn't make it either for performance or injury. And I'm not taking away one thing from Dustin Pedroia. Not at all. If you're a Mets fan, I know you're remembering David Wright's eight-year deal in 2013 and how many games he played total with that deal. Like, I think he played 200 games or so, 200-plus games in that total deal. There are examples upon examples. So please understand what I'm telling you in Boston. I love Dustin Pedroia. I want a team of 25 Dustin Pedroias, although it's 26 again this year, by the way. The union was okay with the extra man on the roster, of course. 26 people will be on the roster in 2020. That in 21, that rule they were okay with. So I'd love 26 Dustin Pedroyas, but that doesn't mean that that makes the signing right. And please allow an owner to make the difference, to explain the difference. Owners are so scared to tell the truth because they don't want to offend you, the fan, that John Henry had to release a statement that didn't say one word about the contract. Why not live in a world where he can say, that I loved having Dustin Pedroia as a Red Sox and will always look at the rings that he helped us win. 
It is a cautionary tale that we try as hard as we can to take care of our players, but we've got to make smart moves. And having Dustin Pedroia on our payroll these last few years has definitely hurt our ability to win. Now, of course, we were able to win a World Series without him. But the reason why we have to stay under the luxury tax and go back over it and then go back under it and let Mookie Betts go and trade David Price is that when you pay players not to play, it impacts the entire team. What would wrong would be wrong with being that honest? And then you end the statement with, I love you, Dustin. It's just business. It's nothing personal.